Good afternoon. This is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about a very interesting article that I read in um, Al Jazeera's uh, website, the uh, Middle Eastern News Agency. Very, very good article, very interesting article. And uh, I'll put a link to this article in, when I post this uh, this podcast so you can refer back to the original. But the, the title of the article, it says, Why are so many young Greeks returning to farming? And the gist of the article is that in the wake of the terrible economic crisis in Greece, there are a significant percentage of professional young people that have basically just given up the idea of staying in the city and are returning to, to more traditional ways of life in the country, returning to agriculture. And my main theme of this podcast is going to be the idea that you have to do what you have to do to survive. You have to do what you have to do to do to survive. When things are not going your way, when you have run into a brick wall, you do what you got to do. You do what you have to do. And this really is the lesson behind this article, but it's very interesting. I thought it was anyway. And I'll give you my reasons why I think that. The article starts out with a quote from a Greek Nobel laureate and poet. And he, and he said basically that, that the, the, the gist of the quote is that if you disintegrate Greece, if you strip it down to its essentials, what you'll have left is an olive tree, a vineyard, and a ship. Which means with these, you can rebuild it. Now that's partly a joke, it's partly tongue-in-cheek, but you know there's a lot of truth to that. If you look back at Greek history from ancient times all the way up to the present, what are the features of Greek history? Maybe olive oil, wine, and uh, uh, seaborne commerce, maritime commerce. You know, it was with the ship that the Greeks were able to settle the ancient Mediterranean, dotting the shores of that ancient lake with coastal communities, as Plato said, like so many frogs on lily pads spread around the Mediterranean. And there's a lot of truth to this. But the article then goes into explaining how some young people, he showcases a few people. One guy here is, after spending two years being unemployed, searching in vain for a job, this guy's name is Alexandros. This guy decided that he had no other option but to just pack up, leave everything behind, and move back to his grandparents' village in Kalabaka, which is, I guess, four hours' drive north to Athens. And he just started a farm there with his brother and, and three other investors. And his rationale was really interesting. He says, basically, look, you know, not everybody can be in the service industry. Not everyone can work in the service industry. Someone has to actually produce something. Someone has to do something. And this guy started from nothing, with no no agricultural experience, nothing. And for the first time in 20 years in Greece, the employment rates in the agricultural sector are rising. It went from 11% in 2008 to almost 13% in 2015, which doesn't sound like a, a a huge increase. I mean, you're talking two percentage points, but it really is when you think about it. That's a, that's a pretty big, sizable increase, okay? And 
this is a pattern that I think is we're going to see more of all over the developed world, I hope. We're going to see a flight from the large cities as people realize that, look, only so many people can be employed in these non-productive sectors and shuffling money around. Like, look, look, look at these... And again, I'm not knocking people that are in the banking or finance sectors or insurance sectors, but there's only so many people that can sit in front of computers and play with keyboards and move things from point A to point B with the push of a button. Okay, Someone has to do other types of work. Someone has to produce food. They have to produce uh, meat. They have to produce fish. They have to actually generate things that people can use for their lives in a tangible basis day to day. And I think that um, we're going to see more and more of that. Like this guy, Alexandros, this guy cultivates organic olive oil and something called St. John's wort, which is a, a very old, very ancient herb. And it has certain um, medicinal qualities. It's been used since ancient times. And it's it's even talked about in, in Kelsus and Galen. But it's in, in any case, uh, this guy's raising that. And a lot of these small farmers now are marketing their products directly. So we're kind of seeing the same pattern in small agriculture as we see in small publishing. There's been a reaction against the large publishers uh, for not responding to the needs of the people. For example, like myself, a small publisher like myself. Uh, you know, maybe t 30 years ago, someone like me would have found a very, very difficult time existing. Uh, but since the large publishing houses are not responding to the needs of men, they're not responding to the needs of, of people, uh, someone like me, who has a message to get out, who is able to put out that message and, and can produce literary output of real value, uh, there's a place to do that now. The, the marketing systems are in place. You have things like Amazon, you have small publishing houses, you have the internet. There are ways to, to do this now. So we're seeing, and, and this, this, this pattern, this decentralization of business is, is, is happening across all sectors. We're seeing it in agriculture, we're seeing it in publishing, we're seeing it in news, we're seeing it in um, uh, uh, many different sectors, science and technology to some extent. And I think we're going to continue to see more of that as goods and services go down to the lower levels. They, they go down to the, the micro level. It's, a, it's a, the micro revolution, we might call that. Now, you know, this is basically, I think the best way to look at this is to see this as a, as a pendulum swing in the other direction. You know, for the past 30, 40 years, the pendulum was in the other direction. There was this massive influx coming into the large cities from the countryside. And I think there was such a huge lopsided imbalance there. I think in, in Greece, I think the article talks about like one out of every two person was living in, in, in one of the one of the handful of metropolitan areas. So you had this huge rural depopulation going on and people were flooding into the cities and there just weren't enough jobs for them. There were not enough jobs. There were not enough opportunities. And when the economy collapsed, suddenly you have people with nothing left to do. So now they're going back to more productive endeavors.
you know, but it's not all a bed of roses, you know, like these small farmers that they talk about in the article, they have a lot of bureaucratic red tape that they have to overcome, that they have to fight through. The Greek bureaucracy is a hurdle, okay, but people just want to be left alone. But there's all these antiquated regulations out there. Uh, that, but I, that will be overcome. Things like that can be overcome when the need is there, and I think that's what we're going to continue to see. Because you know, there's been a lot of speculation that in in the next twenty years, the agricultural sector is going to be the place that is going to see a lot of growth. I mean, people need food. The, you know, populations are rising in certain parts of the world. Uh, there's going to be a need for food producers, people that actually produce something. So. You know, maybe the way to get rich in the future is going to be to uh, take up the uh, take up the hoe and the combine, rather than uh, other things. Who knows? I mean, it's you know, it's it, it, it's impossible to predict that sort of thing. And I I think people should do what they like. People should do what they they like and what they have to do. But I, I really think the message of this article is that. Um, you know, no matter what happens, you should always be able to find ways of getting out of bad situations. You you do what you need to do to survive. And if you look at these guys that got into agriculture, I'll bet if you interviewed them, most of them would say, I never thought I would be in this situation before. I never thought I'd be doing this. I never thought I, I would be doing this. And that's true of a lot of us. Many of us look at our lives today and say, you know, I never imagined I'd be here. And this is one of the big secrets of life. This is one of the big things that you have to keep in mind. And this is the idea that life is going to put you in places that you don't expect. And you have to keep your wits about you. You have to keep your resourcefulness. You have to keep your senses about you. And you have to be willing to do things that you might not want to do in the short term to service a larger goal. All right. And that larger goal is, is survival. So these are things that we have to keep in mind. And, you know, the last thing I think we need to focus on or discuss that came out of this article is the idea of branding. All of these small agricultural producers that are featured in this in the article are also not only are they harvesting and managing their crops, but they're also marketing and branding them directly to the purchaser. And this is something new in previous eras. Farmers would simply just gather everything up and ship it off to Spain or uh, uh, Italy to be packaged and bottled as uh, Italian or Spanish olive oil. But now this type of artisanal revolution is seeing the producer market his product directly to the consumer. He's marketing his product directly to the consumer, cutting out the middlemen. And this is something that we're seeing paralleled, again, in many other industries. So while economic disaster has been heartbreaking for most people, there is also the idea that it can spur people in new directions. It can create revolutions in other areas. It can force people into modes of survival that they may not have thought about before. It can force them to develop survival muscles, if you will, that they never knew existed. They adapt to the situation that presents itself to them and they find ways of surviving. And that, that I think, is the takeaway lesson that we need to remain, we remember out of this 
and the takeaway lesson that I certainly took out of this article, which is, again, I'll repeat, you do what you have to do to survive. Even if life hits you with a one-two knockout punch, you pick yourself up, you dust, your, you dust yourself off, and you keep moving. No matter what happens, keep moving. And this is the lesson that I've been telling you guys and the lesson that I myself have practiced, as you know from your own personal experience of listening to my podcasts in recent, uh, recent months. And you keep moving. You keep moving no matter what happens. So that will conclude our podcast for today. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.